Well, if you haven't guessed by now, today is Transfiguration Sunday, and it is the story of Jesus and Peter, James, and John going up to the mountain. And suddenly, Elijah and Moses appear, and as we know, Peter blurts out, as Peter often does, that they should stay. It's good that we are here, Master. And we mock Peter because, of course, he always seems to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. He's the person that, when you're at a party, makes a joke and everyone just kind of stands around scratching their heads because they don't understand exactly what the person is trying to get across. But how would you feel if you were one of the three men and your eyes became heavy with sleep, and suddenly, when you awoke, there was Jesus talking to two basically dead people. Now, we know that Elijah was lifted up into heaven, so we don't know that he actually died, but we do know, of course, I could be getting confused with Ezekiel. E-E-E, anyway. We know that they are no longer on the planet. Let's leave it at that. So the men are rightfully frightened, awestruck, as we say gobsmacked, because as we know, dead people are usually dead. They don't come back. So when they see Jesus conversing with these two men, they're frightened. They're awestruck. They're also a little confused. Perhaps they think they're all still having the same dream. But of course it's not true, because the, Jesus is talking to Moses and Elijah. Elijah was seen as a prophet, and Moses as the lawgiver. So it makes sense that he would be speaking to them since he is the one to give the law and is a prophet. Remember, he says, I come not to tell the law, but to change the law. I am paraphrasing Jesus here. So I keep going back to the idea of how would you feel? I know I would be frightened. I know I would probably be terrified. And I can understand Peter's desire to want to do something. Because when we're uncomfortable, we want to do something. Most of us do not stand around when we're feeling uncomfortable and just let that feeling stay with us. We do anything in the world to get rid of our discomfort. The idea that discomfort is something that shakes us to our very core. It either changes who we are, or it causes us to retreat back into the way we have been. And there are a lot of philosophies and interpretations of this gospel in that this is the transfiguration is about our transformation, our personal transformation 
when we see Jesus as God. Books, countless gallons of ink, have been spilled on this particular theory, this particular ideology. But there are some scholars who think that that misses the point. It's not about us. It's not about our transformation. That's selfish and self-serving. It is about Jesus saying who he is, standing in front of those three men and staking his claim as son of God. And the cloud overshadowing them, think of Mary, think of the Holy Spirit, is also a witness to that and reinforcing that belief. That would also make somebody fearful and frightened, I think. To be on a mountain and to be enveloped by a cloud is the worst thing one could possibly imagine. Because where is the edge of the cloud? Where is the edge of the mountain? Am I going to fall off? Are my fellow companions going to fall off? Yes, we are. We are going to fall off because we believe in the risen Christ. We believe that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is King, and we choose to make that leap. Not everyone is willing to do so. There was a priest in Michigan who Bishop Gibbs said he wouldn't believe in the resurrection unless he saw Jesus' feet sticking out through the clouds. But we choose to make the leap of belief. We choose to understand who Jesus is. And Jesus stands at that point and turns his face to Jerusalem. That is Luke's way of telling us he realizes that he will be walking to his certain death. He knows what his reason for coming to earth is, and he's willing to see it through to the end, even though, like us, he's afraid. We know he often, in the Garden of Gethsemane, we hear the story often in the Garden of Gethsemane of him throwing himself on the ground and begging God to take this cup away. So we have the humanity of Jesus and we have the Christ-like, God-like Jesus. And at that, this point, they, they clash and become one. These are not easy concepts to understand. And sometimes we'll just say, oh, it's a mystery. When we don't know how to explain something in the church, we say, oh, that's a mystery. But what we can be certain of is Jesus does not change. When he comes down from the mountain and tells them not to tell anyone, he is still the same Jesus. But we are changed by knowing him and accepting him into our heart and meditating on the stories in the Gospels and on his words. And they're not always easy words to hear. 
Nobody likes to think that they have to be nice to someone they don't like. Let's face it, we're all human. And Jesus certainly didn't like everyone. He loved us all, but he didn't like us all. I think the Pharisees, Pharisee, got under his skin more than we could ever contemplate or think about. But the bigger picture is when we see him interacting with the people he doesn't like. It gives us a role model for who we ought to be, who we want to be. Stanley Saunders is a professor of New Testament theology, and he writes that when Jesus came down from the mountain, he was giving us the message to go out into the world, to be his hands and feet, and also to minister to those that are less than, the poor and the sick and the brokenhearted. Easy words to write, easy words to read, but very difficult words to live. Many of us have a hard time seeing the other as a human being. Seeing someone that we disagree with or talking to someone that we disagree with but doing so in a way that doesn't deny their humanity, but rather understands that we all come from a different perspective. And if we all were able to make room for one another in life, be able to understand that not everyone has to agree, but we all have to do it agreeably. I don't have to like what Tamara says, but I have to like her as a human being and as a follower of Jesus Christ. And I have to know in my heart that she has the best intentions for herself and her family, indeed our society. If we all thought like that, I have to believe that most of the distrust and the fraying of nerves and the anger in this country and indeed the world would simply dissipate. David Brooks had an interesting column in the New York Times on Friday where he speaks of this very issue. He talks about, he writes that we are so opposite of one another. The educated elite look down on the poor and uneducated or the, the college or the high school graduate. And the high school graduate, vice versa, looks down on the college graduate. The people who are wanting to think deeply are seen as somehow eggheads, which is really an insult and people who it doesn't really matter to them the nitty-gritty of who does what to whom or why do we do what we do doesn't make us less, make them less. They're not trash. They think differently. 
So if we come down off the mountain with Jesus, we realize that we are all in this human soup together. And what we need to do is realize that without this ingredient or that ingredient, we would be drinking bone broth. And let me tell you, that's pretty disgusting stuff. I know, I've drunk it in the idea that I would live to be a thousand. But without the spice of life, we are nothing. Without the ability to disagree with someone, it's boring. It's how we do these things. And that's what Jesus is telling Peter, James, and John. You can be in awe. You can be frightened. You can blurt out silly things. But know that when you come down from the mountain, we move as one, and the one that we follow and the one that we are is God himself. And God himself is asking us to bind up the broken, to loosen the bonds that enslave others and enslave ourselves. That's really what the transfiguration is about. And yes, maybe through all of these changes, we too will be transformed. Amen.